Buenos dias from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 23rd of February 2023. Here's a quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Friday the 17th, the Caribbean community best known as CARICOM asked the United States to lift the sanctions against Venezuela. At the 44th regular meeting of the Caribbean community held from the 15th to the 17th of February in the Bahamas, leaders of CARICOM agreed to urge the U.S. government to remove sanctions on Venezuela to allow nations in the region to benefit from Petrocaribe, a cooperative agreement that facilitates the shipment of Venezuelan oil to Caribbean countries. On Monday the 20th, Van Gill, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Venezuela, thanked CARICOM for its support. Another Caribbean country that seeks to strengthen ties with Venezuela is Colombia. On Thursday the 16th, the President of Colombia, Gustavo Petro, and the President of Venezuela, Nicolas Maduro, met to discuss diplomatic relations between the two countries. The meeting between the leaders took place in Adesnejo Gerardot International Bridge in order to sign a trade agreement between the two countries. The agreement plays like a free trade agreement between Colombia and Venezuela. As announced, both governments seek to promote integration, development, and joint economic balance where bilateral trade is strengthened and border relations are promoted. On the same day, Thursday the 16th, the Chavista National Assembly appointed Carlos Eduardo Martinez as the new ambassador to Colombia, replacing Felix Plasencia. Speaking of Maduro on Thursday the 23rd, Maduro commemorated the Battle of Los Puentes. In a national broadcast, the Chavista leader recalled what happened on the 23rd of February 2019 when the defenders of the government of Juan Guaido and Maduro faced each other in a civic military battle on the border bridges with Colombia. Now, the battle occurred after the Guaido administration attempted to bring truckloads of foods and medicine into Venezuela. However, the Maduro government opposed their entry, destroying their trucks because, in their opinion, the trucks were loaded with items that would put national security at risk. Venezuelan rescuers returned home after several days of work in Turkey and Syria. On Friday the 17th, the 27 Venezuelan rescuers sent to Turkey to support the search and rescue victims after the earthquake returned to Venezuela after 10 days of work in Adiyaman. Carlos Perez Ampueta, the Vice Minister for Risk Management and Civil Protection, Franklin Ramirez, the Vice Minister for Europe, and Aydin Karamonglu, the Turkish Ambassador to Venezuela, who delivered awards to rescuers, received the group at the Simon Bolivar International Airport, Caracas. The team sent by Venezuela included doctors and earthquake specialists, as well as three rescue dogs. On Monday the 20th, Ivan Gill, Minister of Foreign Affairs, informed that the 25 firefighters sent by Venezuela to Sirius to support the search and rescue of victims returned to Caracas. Likewise, Venezuela sent more than 15 tons of medicines and foods. Moving on, on Thursday the 16th, Spain granted nationality to 71 Venezuelans through its embassy in Venezuela by the Democratic Memory Law approved last October. Now, the Democratic Memory Law, better known as the Grandchildren Law, intended to pay tribute to those who had to leave Spain for political, ideological, or belief reasons, and grant Spanish nationality to children and grandchildren of Spaniards or women who renounced or lost their nationality when getting married. Speaking of Spain, on Monday the 20th, Nanosco Vasquez, former Minister of Venezuela 2017, was declared innocent by the Spanish National Court for the Crime of Human Trafficking. During her trial, Vasquez pleaded not guilty and claimed it was a setup made by the Mexican businessman Francisco Rodriguez Borgio, who allegedly threatened her since she broke up with him. 
The former miss was arrested on the 28th of August, 2022 in Madrid after the Mexican authorities re requested her extradition for her alleged participation with other people in a trafficking operation consisted of offering work as hostesses to women and forcing them into prostitution. Now, in other news, on Tuesday, the 21st, Samish Shukri, Egyptian foreign minister and his Venezuelan counterpart, Van Gil, met to discuss the collaboration between the two countries' international meetings and organizations and how to enhance mutual support on issues of shared interest. The Venezuelan government is accused of AI-generated political propaganda and promoting it through YouTube and national television showing fake news about economic improvement in the country. On Monday the 20th, the daily newspaper El País posted an article revealing that these propaganda were made with AI and that the presenters were not real people. Now, one of the propagandas, multiple hotel receptionists and travel agencies claim that there are no places available to stay during Carnival Week due to extremely high hotel occupancy, especially in those hotels near the most expensive beaches in the country, which, according to El País, are fake news. Now, if you want to check out the video, follow the link in show notes. Following the news on Tuesday the 21st, Freddy Nanez, Minister of Communication, denied the accusations. Nanya is assured that El Pais is trying to justify their ignorance by accusing the Venezuelan government of lying to the world. Speaking of Carnival, on Wednesday the 22nd, Freddy Bernal, governor of the Tachira state, assured that 46,000 people entered Venezuela from Colombian border municipalities during the Carnival holidays to celebrate the festivity. In a press conference, Bernal said that due to gastronomy and picturesque towns, Tachira is an ideal destination for national and international tourists. While some use the carnival vacation arrest, others use it to protest. On Monday the 20th, the workers of the health and education sector of the Cojita state protested peacefully to demand decent wages from the Maduro regime. Since January, workers from various public sectors of the country have been on the streets to demand a wage increase. However, the government has ignored their complaints. On Saturday the 18th, a double shooting occurred in a butcher shop in a supermarket in Macarebo, Zulia state, leaving nine victims. On Sunday the 19th, one of the victims died at the Castillo Plaza Maternity Hospital. His name was Luis Castilla, and he was one of the butchers at the establishment where the attacks occurred. On the same day, Manuel Rosales, governor of Zulia State, used his social media to send his condolences to the families of victims. Douglas Rico, director of the Scientific and Criminal Investigation Service Corps, better known as CICPC, reported that the attacks were linked to mafias dedicated to extortion. Now on Thursday the 16th, Alex Herrera, a former Venezuelan Great League player, died of a heart attack. The news was shared by social communicator Antonio Soler on his Twitter account. On a lighter note, on Thursday the 16th, Van Gill announced that the governments of Venezuela and Aruba have agreed to reopen their maritime borders as of the 1st of May. On his Twitter account, Gill said that the intention of his government is to start a commercial exchange that will translate into shared benefits for both countries. Now, another border said that Venezuela will reopen in the air border with Chile. On Sunday, the 19th, Estelar Airline announced that they will reactivate commercial flights between Caracas and Th Santiago de Chile from the 11th of March. As for the flights, you can find prices from $850 with taxes included. Moving on, on Thursday the 16th, Feliciano Reina, a Venezuelan activist, received the Martin Annals Award in Geneva. Now, the award recognizes outstanding human rights defenders from around the world each year. Reina is an activist for the rights to health care, equality, and non-discrimination of Venezuelans living with HIV and AIDS. Good news. 
On Saturday the 18th, the Museo de los Niños reopened its doors after almost three years of closure due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But the Educational Recreational Center about Science and Technology has a capacity of 200 people. Each ticket has a cost of $5 per person and can be purchased at the ticket office. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show because this way you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at venezuela at rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima. Thank you.